I've got the sauce today. And I'm not talking about my looks or demeanor. I'm talking about actual sauce that you cook with. <laughs> and in this episode, we're going to be talking about ways that you may incorporate herbs and botanicals quite practically into your foods. Hello, plant lovers. Welcome to another episode of Herbaceous Conversations with a Silly Herbs and Botanica. I'm your host, Gloria, and this is a space to delve into the knowledge of plant medicine, a spotlight for African botanicals, and to empower you with practical and applicable information to enhance your well-being. For more information, please visit backtosilly.com. With the worldwide quarantine situation going on, I know staying at home can be a little bit, um, it can, it can drive you nuts (laughs) to put it simply. And I really want to inspire you in this episode to get innovative in the kitchen. I know it's really easy to get into a routine as to foods that you normally eat and cook. And I want you to think about how you can fortify or really rather herbify your meals so that way you really fulfill your body in another level not only physically but emotionally and spiritually and this concept is not new it's not new at all humans have been doing this for a really long time sourcing different plants uh specifically weeds I feel like I talk about weeds (laughs) in every single episode, but, um, you know, sourcing weeds, for example, weeds are highly nutritious, uh, sourcing those and utilizing them in your foods. Now I won't be talking about, you know, specifically like cooking up greens, for example, because greens, you want to be careful about sauteing them. Uh, research, research has shown that by sauteing greens, you decrease the amount of vitamin C in there by about 60 to 80%. Now, that's a lot of vitamin C that's taken out by heat. And there are other vitamins that also depreciate when there's heat involved, uh, typically water-soluble vitamins. So that's the only precaution with heat. And this is why in this episode, we're going to focus more so on um, recipes that do not utilize heat. Now before we talk about the sauce (laughs) and other ways to incorporate herbs into your food, I want to urge you if you haven't already to leave a review uh, on whichever platform that you listen to Herbaceous Conversations. I love, love, love hearing from you guys and how this podcast really helps uh, in regards to uh, implementing herbalism into your lifestyle. So if you can, um, either now or afterwards, please take the time to leave a review or let your friends know um, about this podcast. All right, so sauce. Now, sauce, yes, it does utilize heat, uh, but I want to, I'll tell you guys a little secret. Okay, I'll tell you a secret. <laughs> um, on my Instagram stories, I actually, I used to share a weekly wellness shot, uh, and most of the time it does utilize different herbs according to what my body needs specifically nutritive herbs and i make this cocktail weekly uh via making an infusion um you know getting a pot of 
really uh, hot water going and adding herbs in there and letting them simmer for about 30 to 45 minutes. And it really helps to pull out the nutrients in the plant. Now you may ask, why is heat okay in that regard, but not when you're cooking it down? And that's because the water acts as a barrier to the uh, vitamins and minerals that are being extracted. Uh, it's similar. It's like boiling is like a. It's like a quick version of a cold uh, extraction. You know, utilizing either water or vodka, whichever uh, solvent you're using for extraction. So that's the main difference where heat is okay and the vitamins and minerals are a little bit more intact compared to sauteing it sauteing it and actually saut the saut the temperature for sauteing is actually much higher compared to boiling but anyways so um, making weekly infusions is a great way because once the liquid is already made you store it in the fridge and it lasts for a week and it's a little bit stronger than your average tea when it's typically made so it's very, very rich in whichever minerals are in there, you know, depending on the plants and their constitutes that are added in there. And because it's cold in nature, you can add it to pretty much anything that you already make in the kitchen. So specifically, I want to specifically highlight uh, sauces and drinks and even salads. And I think this is why, so I don't know if you guys have noticed, um, Oxymels and vinegars have really been hot lately uh, and mainly because one they're really easy to make and they store for a really long time easy to make and they're relatively cheap especially if you do grow your own botanicals and herbs so yeah so we were, we're gonna focus on that today so once you make your infusion you can incorporate it into for example a sauce so for example in our house whenever you know let's say it's spaghetti night and um so in the sauce i'll heat it up add the onions and garlic whatever um you know other flavors i want to incorporate into the tomato sauce and then once it's done and it's cooled down just a little bit i'll add that weekly infusion into the sauce um so and yeah so that way your the herbs are incorporated in that way you can also add them fresh um, into the sauce so for example uh, usually in my weekly infusion I incorporate moringa which is a phenomenal phenomenal plant especially for women of childbearing age and for children specifically because it's really rich in specific vitamins and minerals that really help to build different systems in the body specifically the immune system your skeletal system, your nervous system, digestive and nervous, just to name a few. So it's really, really important, moringa in that aspect. So you can either, you know, do it via the liquid form or you can even add it fresh. So that's just an example with the sauce. And I'll be sure to add the, I'll pin these ingredients. I'll have like a recipe card for you guys that you can source and share with your friends up on backtoacilly.com slash podcast and I'll leave that resource there for you um, yeah so that's sauces and then the next thing of course is vinegars and even oxymels which incorporates honey and vinegar 
let's talk about vinegars for a second. Now, vinegars have been in existence for pretty much as long as humans have been. The creation of vinegars has been attributed to Hippocrates, but I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure they've, we've used it before then. It's just been undocumented. As you know, Hippocrates, he was alive in BC, right? Uh, between about 300 and 400 BC. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure we have experimented and dabbled as humans before that time with vinegars. Now, the cool thing about vinegars, so it can be sourced utilizing any substance that's rich in carbohydrates. And the cool thing about vinegars is it really ranges according to region, and that's because uh, it utilizes different substances that are abundant and most often endemic to where the vinegars are made. So for example, where I'm from in Kenya, most of the time vinegars are made out of sugar cane or ginger, and that's just because it's readily available there. So this, and so I was doing, now according to research, because vinegars can be um, made using different carbohydrate bases, its effects on the body vary. Uh, it varies quite a bit. And um, they need to do further studies about this. But basically what they found is um, vinegars, although not topically, um, when they're applied topically, they haven't found there to be any substantial uh, mitigation to a proliferation of an illness or a wound. Uh, which is what they were used for early, early on, right? They would source these vinegars and apply them to wounds in hopes that it would um, accelerate wound healing and kill any um, infection that was going on. But they found that that isn't really effective. However, when it's ingested, there has been um, an effect on the, hum on the human body, specifically in regards to the blood pressure uh, specifically the systolic blood pressure and um, the way your body regulates sugars. Now, why is that? Now, if you look at the way vinegars are made, it's made via fermentation. And during this fermentation process, there's a specific acid that's made. Now, this, of course, varies again according to which substance that you're using to make the vinegar, but essentially they are all rich in mainly acetic acid. There are other acids that are in there um, from tartaric acid, um, lactic acid, and many others. Now this combination with the acids and the yeast that naturally forms in the vinegar, and then of course you have to consider other things that are in there as well. So that includes the sugars, the glucose, the electrolytes, and other things as well and what you find when you look at the composure of vinegars it's actually it really hydrates the plasma of the body which is if you've had your blood drawn and you've seen the vial of blood you'll see it separate and settle after a few minutes and what do you see so of course at the bottom you see the blood and then you see in between there and then in between you see the yellowish liquid and then at the top it'll be more clear. Now in between there that yellowish liquid is the plasma of the body and this is what transports 
a lot of important compounds in the body from electrolytes to hormones um, water and oxygen it's actually mostly composed of water but it carries all this all these important nutrients throughout the blood and circulates it throughout the body so when you incorporate vinegar into your diet via foods it helps with that circulation of transporting those important um, hormones and nutrients throughout the body so you may operate at you know at a substantial <laughs> rate um, hopefully even better so you may thrive now, and I'll give an example. So, for example, there's a hormone, aldosterone, that I talk about a lot in, you know, with my clients. And aldosterone is really important. It's made in the adrenal glands, and it's responsible for making sure your body is, it has several roles, but one of its roles is to make sure that your body is dispersing um different minerals for hydration it's important it's important for that uh, hydration balance in the body making sure the potassium levels are okay um, and other minerals to make sure you're essentially hydrated so that's just one example so they have done studies and they have found that vinegar does affect the body in regards to the salicylic acid and even with um, blood sugar a little bit so it's pretty fascinating to see how that works anyway so that's a spiel on vinegar now when you incorporate different herbs into your vinegars and even you know making it into an oxymel adding honey you you're just adding different properties into your mix right so with honey of course it's antimicrobial and then depending on which um which herbs you utilize in your vinegars it just adds to the healing process in vinegars it's quite fascinating. I love it. And vinegars, of course, it fluctuates according to which, um, what source of carbohydrates you use, right? Um, sometimes it tends to be a little bit more strong if you're making an herbaceous vinegar mix, or um, it will be a little bit lowered, the percentage of the acidic acid that's in there, if it's more catered to a fruity flavor. So that's the main difference there with vinegars and oxymels. So that's one of my favorite ways to herbify different meals and foods. And with vinegars, you can add it to pretty much anything. Of course, salads is a great way to incorporate um, not only more greens into your diet, but uh, more herbs and botanicals to your health and wellness. All right, so we covered sauces and vinegars and drinks, really. That's all I really want to talk about in different methods easy methods that you can prep and make herbaceous foods and the really cool thing about it is most of the time if you have little ones they will not notice the difference which is awesome so that means you're being well fed your little ones are being well fed everyone's happy everyone's healthy <laughs> it's a win-win situation now i will say now of course if you do want to saute your greens um only sa like saute them on medium heat and then um, only saute it for about five minutes. That's all you really need to really soften them up. Anything longer really depreciates the amount of vitamins and minerals in there. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And again, all the recipes that I had mentioned will be up on the podcast for you to resource and make 
for you and your loved ones. Until next Thursday, stay well and continue these herbaceous conversations with your loved ones. Bye for now.